eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. David Eichel, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com, part 24-7 sports with an instant reaction to Iowa's 27-10 win. And, Sean, it was kind of an all-three-phases sort of game. I think it was good to see the offense get rolling. I think Iowa's defense outside of the fourth quarter, which we'll get to, I thought Iowa's defense was spectacular. Cooper DeGene making a case for being the best player on Iowa's team. And uh, Torrey Taylor put together a compelling performance. I think – in short, Sean, before we dive into specifics, general overview, I think this is exactly what you wanted to see out of Iowa, Iowa today. Yeah, I think minus the passing game in some areas, I think with there could have been more targets to the wide receivers. I think Arlen Bruce was the only reception for an Iowa receiver today. Granted, Peaches only threw the ball 17 times, but most of those were to the tight ends and even some of them were to the running backs. Well, I think he targeted Nico Regani and would have targeted Brody Brecht at least one time on a couple or on that one throw of the rollout, but yeah. it got blown up. But I think that was one area where it could have been a little bit better. But I thought off I thought the biggest strides were was the offensive line. I thought the offensive line really got good movement in the run game. There were a couple holes that they were able to make for LaShawn Williams, Caleb Johnson, even Gavin, Gavin Williams once or twice where like man, it was like Moses parting the Red Sea. There were, they were really, they were creating a lot of separation up there. Pretty strong at the point of attack, and really looked like a unit that a lot of us expected them to be. And I think that's something that you can really, really take into consideration now with Big Ten play gaining full full blast. I mean, you got Michigan next week, who doesn't have as strong as an offense or defensive line as it did last year. I think the pass rush is still a little eh, but still like a pretty I mean it's Michigan they'll they'll be solid up front and you know and just big yeah. ten play in general you you gotta have a really good offensive line and you gotta have a really good run game I thought Petrus looked pretty solid today too I mean about what you wanted from him in terms of you know making the right decisions making the right throws and he found guys that were open and while I mentioned the receivers I, I would have liked to see them be a little more involved I mean I still think you can one of the positives you can take away is Petrus looked Peaches looks solid for the most part, and that that's what you want from him. I think much more composed 
and confident, which is a big thing. And I like how he brought the offensive line. I think, you know, Logan Jones is still struggling with the snaps at center. I think that's something that really does need to be addressed. But I thought Tyler Ellsbury specifically, again, Sean, had a really, really good game. And I think you talk about the first to second half adjustments. I think you saw Iowa take those strides in that second half. I think they got rolling. I mean, the first three plays for Iowa in that second half were back-to-back eight-yard runs by LaShawn Williams. Then he broke that 21-yarder, which was a career long. And that's exactly what you wanted to see. Like you said, you want to see Iowa be physical at the point of attack. You want to see running backs break a tackle or two. And you wanted to see that old, that kind of, that swagger, that toughness that Iowa's offensive line is known to have that really, I think has been absent for, for quite some time. So I think in that second half, you got a glimpse of what that was like again. And I agree with you. I think Iowa, I get that. It was good to see Sam Laporta. Luke Lachey was another bright spot getting those two guys back in the midst of things. But, Sean, you can't go to the final few minutes of the third quarter without a wide receiver reception. I mean, it, it, Iowa's running game was not that dominant at the point where you can completely avoid the wide receivers. I get the tight ends were at help, but you have some of your best playmakers and athletes at wide receiver. You got to give them the ball. So that's just my minor criticism. But I love the offensive line. I thought they, they grew up a little bit. In that second half, and I think it's worth noting, Sean, remember, Rutgers hasn't played anybody super great, but they were ranked first in the country in rushing defense. They only allowed 97 total yards of rushing through three games, and Iowa ended up finishing. Let me pull up the stats here. They ended up finishing with 129 on 38 carries. Obviously, Petrus was negative 13 on four carries, which were the sacks, but those are things you can you know utilize going forward, and I think talking about the run game, Sean, what I want to specifically get into how much leash does Gavin have at that number one spot on that depth chart right now? Because I can't really – he does some good things, I think, in pass protection especially. But LaShawn and Caleb just bring a different energy. And they I felt like Gavin, for the most part, his biggest thing, Sean, there were a couple of them where he just looked like he was square dancing in the backfield. He just was not hitting the hole hard. And I think that's something that when you look at this offensive line, this outside of his own run scheme – you need LaShawn and Caleb and those guys to hit the hole hard. Caleb just, I mean, uh, Gavin just has not done that lately. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that a little bit too. And I think I'm going to make a bigger deal out of it if it happens in the next couple of games. But yeah, I mean, I think Caleb and LaShawn, the way that they've kind of just been able to go and Gavin's did that, done that a couple of times too, where he's been able to really hit it. But I think some of the most notable snaps, like you mentioned, or reps, that he has had is where he's kind of bouncing around a little bit too. And we saw that issue last year with Tyler Goodson. While Goodson was able to make some explosive runs, he bounced around and that kind of hurt him at times and hurt this Iowa offense too. And I mean, you, you mentioned it or Kirk brought it up this week. I know you asked Kirk about it. It's like, Hey, if Caleb is doing what he's doing, like, is he going to be the guy? And I mean, Kirk wasn't shy in saying like, you know, whoever is going to be best is going to get the most playing time. And, you know, I think Gavin will get there eventually. I think he can he can turn around or do something to improve his stock. But, man, it's like two guys that you're really feeling good about right now, especially after this game, is LaShawn and, Ga- or LaShawn and Caleb. And, you know, I, I think the movement up front was really solid for those two guys as well. I think that played a role in it. But, Gavin, you're right, didn't look as decisive as he was maybe last year against Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl. And, I think that's a little bit of a cause for concern. I said I'm not ready to make a huge deal of it yet, but you would like to see Gavin being the guy that a lot of people expected to make that next step this year 
really able to hit that hole and, you know, make something of it. And he hasn't really been able to do that all that consistently. I think it's great that you have a guy like Caleb Johnson, that was a true freshman pushing him because that's, what's going to bring the best out of those guys is running back by committee and, and guys battling to get snaps. So I think that's a great thing for Iowa's future. And I think you look at the youth of the offensive line, you look at the youth that running back room, Sean, I think there's a lot to be excited about there. I think there's a lot of talent there, but continuing down the list, uh, let's flip over the defensive side. Sean, I mentioned it in the opening. Cooper DeGene is really making a case for being the best player on the team. And a lot of people were surprised with the late scratch of Terry Roberts. It, it ended up being that he got hurt yesterday in practice. His dad tweeted a little bit of – I'd say he was just a bit agitated, Sean, that he said they were going pretty hard in practice the day before a game. And as a parent, I, I can obviously see why that is, and that cost Terry a spot in tonight's game. And he did go through warm-ups. He did travel, et cetera. But you talk about Cooper playing the cash at a very high level and then switching over to corner and to do what he did tonight, including that incredibly impressive catch. I really didn't give the catch the props it deserved on the interception, returning it, give big props, I think, to Kayvon Merriweather uh, and I think Noah Shannon for really being really good lead blockers for Cooper on that returning touchdown. But Sean Cooper continues to impress me and I think he has legit case I think two players on Iowa have a legit case to be the big 10 defensive player of the week and uh Cooper's ceiling is uh starting to become limitless I think yeah Cooper DeGene is buy stock you should have bought stock a while ago especially with the rumblings that we heard throughout fall camp that he seemed like he was having an interception almost every practice and whether it be a pick six a couple times too but man, you're right. He has been he's been something else. He has been really fun to watch. And I think he's honestly becoming a fan favorite. Like you said, he he just finds a way to be around the football and just finds ways to make plays. And I know people have been vying for him to play offense, but I truly think his upside is potential first, second round yeah. draft pick, honestly. He has been he's been spectacular. I think he could be a candidate for the Jim Thorpe in a couple of years with the way that he has played and you know, it's one of those things, too, where Iowa has just banked on the cash position. Anytime they get a guy who is capable of playing that cash spot, they just find ways to contribute and find ways to play themselves into legitimate, like, big, all Big Ten, I mean, all-American status in due time, honestly. But, yeah, yeah DeGene, I think, has been a real difference maker with that defense. It was good to see Justin Jacobs out there again. They'll need him again against Michigan. Um Sebastian Castro, I mean, we've yeah, I feel like probably, yeah, his um his high school tape was so fun to watch. And we've seen him in doses throughout the practices that we've been able to see. And we know that he's a hard hitter, he's a physical player. We see him on special teams at times, but it was really good to see him out there because he is one of those guys that if Iowa hadn't recruited the way that they had in the last couple of cycles, he would be getting more playing time. And he brings a different edge with his physicality. I thought it was really good to see him make the make that force that fumble that uh, Kayvon Merriweather was able to bring back for the scoop and score. So credit to him on that. And it was just another example of guys stepping up and really doing their job. And yeah, I mean Cooper. The big thing with Cooper is position flexibility. That's what that's what uh, Kirk was really raving about. Everyone was kind of saying, "Hey, is he going to play safety? Is he going to play cash? Is he going to play cornerback?" Kirk's right in saying like, Hey, like he can honestly play anywhere we need him. And that's probably where he's most valuable because he can do just about anything in the secondary. Honestly, I think he could play receiver too, if Iowa really needed him to, but 
I think, you know, he's best suited on defense. And, yeah, I mean, he he just brings a different edge, man. I don't know what it is. He just – I mean, his athleticism always stood out, whether that be on the basketball court his freshman year to the football field where he's just – he was just insane in high school. I know it was in class two A level, but he was he was something else. And any level that you can have a guy like that, you have to really pay attention to what he could eventually bring. And you know, he's really fit the bill of what Iowa wants at that cash spot. And you know, you really can't blame Iowa for just keeping him on the field at all times because I thought he was pretty good in in punt returns too. I think he was he played it safe and. He's capable of taking one to the house. I I mean, we'll go into Caleb Johnson too, but I thought Caleb Johnson had a really good day too when it came to kick returns. And that was not a guy I really expected to be yeah. that consistent kick returner. You and I kind of did a double take when Caleb trod out there the first time. Like, wait, is this someone switched numbers or what's going on? And, you know, I think you dissected Cooper pretty well, Sean, but I think the thing that really stands out to me, which we need to bring up, the football acumen and intellect to be able to play all these different positions is insane. Like for any player at his age, but the fact that he comes from what one, a small town, Iowa high school and is a true sophomore and is playing all these different positions and understands them at the level he does. And not only understands them, but makes plays on them. That's ridiculous to me. Another guy deserves another shout out for a true freshman, Sean, Aaron Graves. He played in the fourth quarter against Rutgers and he got a sack and a half. And I think hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Noah Eagle, the play-by-play announcer for Fox Sports, said it best. His ceiling is limitless as well, and Graves just looks like an absolute mauler in the middle. I was very impressed with what I saw on tape with him. Iowa's linebackers did what they normally do. Jack Campbell, Seth Benson, two leading tacklers on the team. Justin Jacobs did start, but he did leave the game. I'm very curious what his update is going to be going forward. But again, Sebastian Castro didn't hesitate. He slid in there, did a nice job. And and Kayvon Merriweather, Sean, I really thought he, again, had a very, very nice game. The, The scoop and score is impressive. The interception was good. You talk about a guy that's been very patient and has been a nothing but a uh, leader for this Iowa defense on and off the field for him to really have that standout game. This might be one of his statement games in, in an Iowa uniform for him. Yeah, and it was it was it was Jack Kerner esque in uh, the 2019 Iowa State game where he kind of batted down that yeah. ball um, deep in uh, Iowa's territory. But yeah, I mean the thing with Jacobs too. I saw Kenny Kenny from the registers tweet that Kirk said that. Jake, Justin Jacobs injury doesn't look good. Supposedly he left the game early, um, but didn't really seem too optimistic about, about it, which is a, which is a big blow because 
I thought that was something that you could really add to that defense. But, I mean, hey, it'll be interesting to see how Iowa goes about it. Um, they seem to feel good about a couple of guys that they have. I think they could stick with that four-two-five look as well. I think that's kind of where they're going at now. And I think with the way Castro played, I think that you could make that point if Terry Roberts misses next week too, then that could really, you know, open things up for the secondary and get you more speed on on the defensive side of the ball with more with more defensive backs. I'm happy you brought up Jacobs. Yeah, that's certainly not a good outlook for for Iowa's defense. And, you know, I think, Sean, if it does play in Iowa's favor at all, remember all three starting linebackers were out in spring ball. So Iowa's backups got a full spring as basically the ones. So, I mean, they have plenty of guys and plenty of defenses to step up, depending on what happens with Jacobs. But that's certainly something to take into account. And, Sean, something we want to talk about really quick. We talked about Iowa's secondary was pretty stellar. But that fourth quarter, they – I don't know if it was the prevent defense. I don't know if it was just miscommunication, but didn't it seem like to you Rutgers just had more than a few opportunities to make Iowa pay with some downfield passing. And there were a couple of them where, you know, Simon sort of scrambled around and made something out of nothing. Then he'd throw the ball 20 yards down the field and no Iowa players within 15, 20 feet of the receiver just somehow got lost in coverage. You know, Phil's going to be on them. I still think Iowa secondary played good, but those are the things where if you're playing against a Michigan if you're playing against an Ohio State, that doesn't go for a 20-yard gain, Sean. That goes for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's something I picked up on as well. That's You You kind of nailed it. But, yeah, I mean, I this is really the time where you got to buckle down. And I thought – I know there were some, there were some moments where things could have been a little bit tighter defensively. Um, I saw Riley Moss got beat a couple times on a few plays, and – I think Cooper DeGene, despite the really good game he had in other places, he got beat a couple times as well for targets. But, yeah, I mean, those those types – I mean, it's it's easy to say because Rutgers doesn't have the receivers that Michigan has and, you know, the the arm talent at quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, there's – those are those are going to be moments where you got you to gotta pick up on those because when you play those types of games against, you know, Ohio State, Michigan – um, even Minnesota, I know yeah. that Chris Altman Bell is out, but they Minnesota looked really good. You gotta you gotta really fix up on those, and um, yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And you know Phil Parker, if anybody can get that right, it's gonna be him. But you know, diving into special teams quick again, Sean, how about Drew Stevens? That fifty-one yarder that clanked off the upright and somehow went in. Now it was you know it was a good kick. It, it counted. Obviously those off the uprights. I don't want to say you're 50, 50. I'd say more like 20, 80, 20% of the time they go in 80% they go out. That's not a statistic. That's just purely from me watching football, but Sean, that's not what I want to talk about with Stevens, the power he had on that kick. I mean, that's a 58, 59 yarder. And I don't think I'm over-exaggerating by that, that now granted, I don't think it goes in because the ball's trajectory would have went out, but to have the power to be able to kick that as a true freshman, you know, LeVar was got to be incredibly excited about, about what Stevens is bringing to the table right now. Yeah, and I bet Stevens will be the first one to say that, hey, like, I almost missed that. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that was that was definitely encouraging because he – I mean, it, it looked good, honestly. Like, and it was good, but it looked like it would have been good for maybe 60 with how yeah. much power he got behind that. He is – he is an impressive talent at that kicker position. I'll tell you what, I think Iowa feels really good about him there. And But 
I mean, hey, it's going to come down to the big test on, you know, when you're playing Michigan inside Kinnick Stadium, when you're playing Ohio State, when you're playing Minnesota, when you're playing Wisconsin, those are going to be the big test. It's all it's all a mental game if you're a kicker. And Stevens knows that as well as anyone. But I think from a raw talent standpoint, we'll have to get Tyler Kluver on it eventually yeah. to break down the break down how, you know, or even Keith Duncan to talk about Stevens and what he sees from him because there's a specific thing that he has when it comes to kicking the football that I don't think I've seen an Iowa kicker since maybe even Nate Kading, honestly. Marshall Cohn, maybe, because he had yeah. quite the cannon too. Right. Um, but I and Nate Kading, I'm with you on that. But Tory Taylor, I think, continues to solidify himself as an All-American. He had the one that was kind of a blocked in a way, I think partially blocked, but still got some decent yards on it. Pinned four inside the 20. I think he had two of them inside the six-yard line. I mean, Tory Taylor mastering the Tiger Woods fist pump too, Sean. You know, that's when when it's really beginning to be trouble. But again, I think it was a great day for Lamar Woods special teams. I think Iowa's defensive line really struggled early, but I think they ended up getting more push. I just think when it came to Iowa's offensive and defensive line, Sean, it felt like they were just more conditioned as the game went on. Like Iowa's defensive line started to get more pressure. Iowa's offensive line started to get more push. It just seemed like they're more, more conditioned, more ready for the moment than Rutgers. And I, again, I think tonight was a good step in the right direction for Iowa, but at the same time, it's going to be interesting to see what they do against Michigan and how Michigan comes out because Michigan survived a big scare against Maryland today. Maryland gave them everything they wanted to Blake Corum, who had a couple of big runs against Iowa in the big 10 championship has been absolutely magnificent for, for the Wolverines. I'm very excited to see how, you know, Iowa's run defense and Michigan's rushing offense go hand in hand. I think that's, we one of the better battles of the season, but yes, Iowa fans would like to see more points from the offense, but nothing's going to change overnight. I think if you want to see Iowa build off what they did against Nevada, I think tonight was a, a decent step in the right direction. If, and, you know, the reality, too, is, Sean, we'll talk about this more on our next podcast. The Big Ten West sucks. It sucks. And, I mean, it's Minnesota, everyone else, and there's a notable gap between that right now. I mean, I'd argue Iowa, Wisconsin at that next tier. I don't know who I'd put above the other. Purdue barely survives against FAU. Did Northwestern end up losing to Miami, Ohio? Nebraska obviously had a bye. Minnesota looks phenomenal against Michigan State. but. Wisconsin got th- gets thrashed by Ohio State. And you don't see Wisconsin give up, what, 50, 52 points ever. The Big Ten West yeah. just flat out sucks. And the crazy part is, despite Iowa having the last-ranked offense, they're in the mix because somebody has to win the West. Yeah, it's I posted something on our board, too, and kind of just breaking down how the Big Ten West looked today and – I mean, right now, I mean, I know Ohio State's Ohio State, and they could they have the chance to make anyone look, you know, bad. But really, I mean, it's just I see it being a three team race. I thought Illinois would maybe show some. I mean, they they haven't really been overly challenged, um, but you know, I think there's potential for them to be dangerous. But I think Iowa maybe is a little bit a step above um, Wisconsin. I mean, Ohio State's Ohio State, so I'm not taking too much stock into that game right now. But Minnesota has by far been the most impressive team. Granted, they haven't played a whole ton, but Michigan State, that's still a pretty good win with the hype that they have around that program. So, yeah, I mean, the Big Ten West as a whole is just, I mean, 
if this is the year to do it, then this is the year to win it, honestly, if you're Iowa. And that would be that would be a very big positive after the way things started. And, you know, I mean, I know it's still still a bit to go. And I mean, I want to go back to the offense too a bit. Yeah. I know Spencer Peters only targeted um or only had the completion to Arlen Bruce and supposedly had the non-official targets to Nico Regani. But I think if you're in Iowa, like if you're Iowa, that's you want the offense to do that, what they did today. I know you want them to maybe do a little bit more in the passing game, but I think if you're the defense, you feel satisfied about the offense and where, where things were granted you want them to improve, but based on where things were from the first two weeks of the season, the way they've been able to build on that. I think you take that honestly. I don't, I don't think you leave disappointed with the performance that the offense had. Now there were a couple of drives where, Maybe they should have really punched in. Maybe they could have gotten touchdowns. Maybe the the field position helped them a little bit. But I think you feel satisfied with the execution and the way things were. I do too. I'm just speaking from a strictly wide receiver perspective and how they take the next step for the offense. And you take the win today and you obviously build off it. But if you're Arlen Bruce, if you're Nico Regani, I mean, Sean, it's – I've always said this. I think we've had conversations about this. What are the two most swagger-filled positions on the football field or most arrogant positions on the football field? Wide receiver and defensive back. Wide receivers ain't getting the ball. It it, it can get to them. And yeah. I, I now I'm not just speaking out of turn. I mean, I'll go back to what Nico Regani said in the offseason, entering this season. He said last year he got frustrated at times because he wasn't getting the ball like the way he thought he should have been. He said – I wasn't blocking as hard as I could. I wasn't doing this. And this is a guy who's been in the program for four years, Sean, who's had good success. So, again, if Iowa wants to take that next step and they want to keep the wide receivers not only, like, in the offense, but just engaged with the team, they got to find a way to keep – they got to find a way to feed Bruce. End arounds even. Give him the ball running. Uh, I mean, you could tell, Sean, they gave Bruce that screen just to try to get him the ball. Like, they didn't care what it went for, but it was to say, hey, we gave you a target. At least that's yeah. the way I took it when the play got ran. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with you. It was kind of – it looked like Tyrone Tracy-esque in a way. I like that comparison a lot. I think it makes a lot of sense. But, no, again, step in the right direction. Sean, any final any final instant takeaways? I know we're going to have plenty of coverage here on Sunday and over the next few days, and we gear up for uh, Michigan week. Huge, huge, huge yeah. week in Kinnick Stadium with uh, Fox's big noon kickoff scheduled for the second time in two seasons in Iowa City. Yeah, there's there definitely seems to be a little more a uh, little more momentum going into that into that game that there wasn't after the uh, the Iowa State game. So that's that's always fun. It's I mean even to this game it didn't really seem like there was a lot of hype, but I feel like uh, there are people that are buying back into this team after or a little more encouraged. I would say after. Uh, after today's win, which is good to see because you always want a pretty big interest when a uh, when a team like Michigan, who has done pretty well this season, I mean, outside of today in some doses, um, comes to town. So next week should be a fun week for sure. And a reminder, this will be Michigan's first road game of the season and their second real yep. test. So, I mean, it, it could be a scenario – where it's it's like a wake up call to them because Iowa's without a doubt the best defense they face so far. Maryland is not predicated on good defense, but they have a 
a lot of skill position talent. Tagovailoa outside of when he doesn't play Iowa is typically a pretty good quarterback. Um, yeah. but again, I think, like you said, step in the right direction about all people can expect. And I'm very curious to see where this offense ranks tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be dead last or not still, but again, you pass the eye test as long as Iowa puts points on the board and they win. I think that's all they really care about. But if Iowa wants to get back to the big 10 title, that offense has to continue to step up. So Sean, I know we'll do more podcasts. We'll have plenty of post-game coverage at HawkeyeInsider.com. Plenty of preview coverage from Michigan. We'll talk to our Michigan site. We, it's going to be a big, big, fun week at HawkeyeInsider.com, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Follow us on Twitter at David Eichel, at SBOC247, at Hawkeyes on 247 And as always, stay locked in to 24-7 Sports and HawkeyeInsider.com. Till next time, talk to you soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.